Tyranny indeed. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Hello, folks. Pastor Eli James here. This is Bloodlines on Eurofolk Radio. And today is December 8th, the day after the Day of Infamy, when FDR uh, enticed the Japanese Navy to attack Pearl Harbor, did not warn anybody on Pearl Harbor that the attack was coming, and then blamed it on the uh, on the admiral and the uh, army general that they were uh, remiss in their duties. And wow, what a scumbag FDR was! A total, a total kike, uh, a, a kike lapdog, if there ever was one. Part, part Jewish blood in him, but he was a lapdog, a Shabazz Goy, as we like to say. Welcome, everybody. You know, this is all, Christian identity is all about the posterity, the posterity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that posterity continues in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States, whether anybody realizes it or not. And uh, fortunately, more and more people in identity are realizing that, and uh, therefore I invite you to listen to my interview with Roger Sales on last night's Restoration Hour. You can find it in the download section under Restoration Hour. Just hit the drop-down in the Show Downloads tab, and I invite you to encourage you to listen to that show because Roger explains exactly how the perfidious Jew has established a dual system of law, one uh, color of law, the other actual law, and how the color of law has taken place, the place of actual law. Well, I mean, the Antichrist, (laughs) the word anti there in the Greek actually means to take the place of, not necessarily to go against, but to take the place of. That still does go against because by taking the place of Christ, the, the illegitimate ones claiming the posterity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even though they admit in their own writings they are Edomites, Canaanites, and Khazars, that these false posterity have used word games and word tricks to deceive the American people and get us to follow their oh, color of law, their f- fake law. And so Roger does a great job of explaining how the 14th Amendment was used to deceive the American people into becoming quote-unquote federal or United States citizens as opposed to state citizens. And state citizens can only be free white persons, okay? And so the 14th Amendment was what they used to deceive the American people. It took them well over 100 years to get this plan going, but in the 1960s, they finally made citizens of non-whites, but of course, by false legislation. Also, all of this stuff has been sponsored by Jews, committed by Jews, to the detriment of whites and Christianity, totally to the detriment of our race and of Christianity. So this is the ongoing battle between the children of Nachash, whose son was Cain, the seed line of Cain, and the seed line of Seth. One of the most important subjects of the Bible, totally ignored by everybody except us in Christian identity. Now, I'm going to be quoting today from actually a Catholic website uh, 
which echoes Christian identity in terms of what they feel the Jews are, which is really an encouraging sign. I've been scouring through Catholic websites, the so-called traditional Catholic websites, and uh, I've attended some of their events in the last few years, and typically they're all white people. However, Catholicism is not a covenant religion because it invites non-whites to become Catholics, which you can't invite a non-Israelite to become an Israelite. Uh, sorry, folks. That's not covenant Christianity, and the Bible is all about the covenant and the posterity. The posterity. Harry Mack says, howdy to the body of Christ. Yes, we are the posterity. The body of Christ can only be the posterity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So let me go and where the verses in Scripture where this posterity has been established. Uh, please go to Genesis 17, verse 1. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, Yahweh appeared to Abraham and said, uh, I'm sorry, Abraham, and said unto him, I am the Almighty Elohim. Walk before me and be thou perfect. I'm not sure if the Hebrew word for perfect, let me switch to the uh, the concordance section. So what is perfect here? What is the Hebrew word? Tamim, tamim, entire, literally or figuratively or morally. Also integrity, without blemish, complete, full, perfect, upright, whole. Okay, so it essentially means the same thing as in the Greek. Whole, and be thou whole, be thou complete. Be a total, a totally perfect, well, the Israelites weren't born yet. <laughs> be thou a totally perfect Aryan Adamite, is what Abraham is being taught here by Yahweh. Verse 2, and I will make my covenant, hello, bereaved, a compact. Because made by passing between two pieces uh, or pieces of flesh, the, the, the habit was to cut a, a carcass, let's say of a bull, in half. And the people who make the compact pass between the two halves of the carcass. Confederacy, covenant, league, compact, or contract. Contracts are exclusive to the two parties. In this case, there's only two parties, Yahweh and Abraham, plus his descendants, his posterity. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. There is not one word in all of Scripture where this covenant is broadened to non-Israelites, to mere believers, to any church, including the Catholic Church, etc., etc., etc. This is a racial, blood, DNA covenant. Nobody else gets in. I'm sorry. Nobody else gets in. That's what a covenant is all about, folks. So, is there any religion that keeps the covenant? Yes, 
It's called Christian identity. There is no other religion that keeps the covenant. Everybody else tampers with the covenant, ignores it totally, or denies it. That's Judeo-Christianity, and that's going to be the subject of today's show, part two, Judeo-Christianity. But first, I want to finish these quotations here from Genesis 17. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. He will have many descendants. He will have a great posterity. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Okay? He's making a covenant between Abraham and his posterity. He's saying it multiple times. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. There's the posterity again. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. Posterity again. And I will make nations of these more posterity. And kings shall come out of thee through the tribe of Judah. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed. Your posterity. After thee in their generations. More posterity. For an everlasting covenant. Everlasting covenant. What don't you understand? Everlasting covenant. To be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. More posterity. I haven't actually counted the number of times the posterity is mentioned in these seven verses, but it's at least ten, if not more. We, the white, Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian, Israelites, and related peoples, are that posterity through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No one else gets in to the covenant. Jesus said to the Canaanite woman who asked for her daughter to be healed, he said, I cannot give, I cannot give you the children's bread. I cannot give you that. But I can heal your daughter. But I can't make you an Israelite. You don't know what you're asking. I can't do that. That would be breaking the covenant between my father and the children of Israel. The New Testament totally confirms the contract between Yahweh and Abraham and Abraham's seed. Yahweh is the party of the first part. The posterity is the party of the second part. There is no other people included in these covenants. Now, it's very interesting that the traditional Catholics are becoming aware of this. However, for a traditional Catholic, I mean, I left the Catholic Church because of Vatican II. I, I realized the hypocrisy of the Catholic Church when they you know, dumped traditional Catholicism, which I was, at the age of 17, was brought up in. I was catechized, <laughs> which, which is maybe cauterized. <laughs> my, my brain was cauterized by catechism. And uh, I just saw it as a bunch of hypocrisy, and I left. I never looked back. 
And everything I've learned since confirms my judgment of the Catholic Church. In fact, Catholicism is a form of Pharisaism because they make up all their own rules and regulations on what a Christian is supposed to be. The sacraments, there's nothing about sacraments in the Bible. There's a, it's, it's totally forbidden for non-Israelites to become priests. I mean, how many black Catholic priests are there? Mexican Catholic priests. I mean, it's, it's an abomination. It's just as much an abomination as Pharisaism. It basically is a repeat of Pharisaism by Catholics. But there is an awakening going on. I'm very happy to report there is an awakening going on. I put the link in the chat room. And this is from a website entitled Judaism.is forward slash Judeo-Christian.html. So just go to Judaism.is. And the whole website is dedicated to exposing the lies of Judaism. And under the heading of Big Lies, the Judeo-Christian oxymoron, this is part two of the fallacy of the Judeo-Christian concept, Judeo-Christianity is an oxymoron, as I said, which means self-contradiction. Judeo-Christian, the defector believer oxymoron, that's, that's a good way of putting it, defector believer. But, however, this shows where traditional Catholics don't understand that the Jews are not Israelites. They're not defectors. They were never part of, certainly not part of the covenant, and certainly not part of Mosaic religion. They admit, the Jews admit this in their own writings, that the Talmud has supplanted the Torah. But they use the word Torah in a deceptive way to mean either or both Talmud and Torah, Pentateuch, the five books of Moses, where the law is delivered. So, and here we have dissimulation from the Jews using words that have two different meanings, where the general public believes that the words mean a certain thing, but the Jews, being a secret society, a subversive secret society, have a totally different meaning of the same word. And by the, the, the double-mindedness, and uh, Mr. Sales went into this greatly last night, the double-mindedness of the average Christian is created by Jewish lies. And the technique of having dual definitions of particular words, such as resident, <laughs> okay, <laughs> resident, non-resident, citizen, person, all of these words have a legal definition and a, as Roger put it, a colloquial definition. The colloquial definition is what we believe the words to mean. The legal definition is what the lawyers and the judges and the usurpers mean by it. And so, this, again, is just like word studies. The reason we do word studies regarding the Bible is to find out what the words actually mean 
especially in the days when Paul and James and John and Yahshua used the words while they walked the earth, those words had particular meanings then. And if we substitute different meanings for them now, we are liars. And that includes Judeo-Christians, even traditional Catholics. You cannot make up new meanings for words and substitute those meanings for the original meanings in the scriptures. That is deceit, folks. That is total deceit. And this is how the Judeo-Christian world has been flummoxed by the Jews. And unfortunately, the Catholic Church has picked up on the same business creating false definitions of commonly understood words. So, here we go. He quotes 2 Corinthians 6, 14-15. Bear not the yoke with unbelievers. How many times have I quoted this verse here at Eurofolk Radio? We are not supposed to fellowship with unbelievers. Jews, Muslims, Hindus, <laughs> Buddhists, they're not believers. If they are of our race, then our, our interaction with them is to teach them the gospel and bring them back into the fold without animosity, without calling them names and blah, blah, blah. And this has to be done with love and respect because they are our racial brethren. But someone who is a die-hard unbeliever, like a Jew or a Muslim, uh, a, don't, don't even waste your time. Don't even waste your time with these people. They will not believe. Number one, they're not the covenant people. And so we should have nothing to do with them. Be not, bear not the yoke with unbelievers. For what participation hath justice with injustice? All right? The covenant message is the only type of justice there is in the world. And we are supposed to be the standard bearer of righteousness according to Yahweh's laws. And those laws have not been done away with as the Judeo-Christian daughters of Rome, the Protestant churches falsely teach, the antinomians and the dispensationalists, because they bring in non-Israelites into the covenant as well, or they try to. Or what fellowship hath light with darkness? What, what is there between truth and lies? Are they not opposites? How can you bring those two together? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? What concord hath Yahshua with Jews? Christ denying and Christ hating Jews. Or what part hath the faithful with the unbeliever? Now, these are rhetorical questions, obviously. But the point is, you can't. You cannot fellowship with these people. 
And if they're not racial Israelites of the Aryan race, Caucasian Israel, then we are to be very careful. Now, of course, the restoration will include the restoration of all Adamites. However, the house and the tribes of Israel, 12 tribes of Israel, are the leading tribe, and we're supposed to set the example for the rest of the Aryan race. That's what the restoration is all about. But nevertheless, the covenants are exclusive to the direct line of descent, as we just quoted from Genesis 17, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the posterity. Continuing, this is a quote from Rabbi Jacob Neusner from book Jews and Christians, The Myth of a Common Tradition. Now, it's really amazing to me that the Jews utterly deny in their own writings the myth of a Judeo-Christian tradition. Yet, so many Christians believe this even though it is a Jewish myth. a Jewish It's a myth promoted by the Jews to the Christians for our befuddlement. Quote, The thesis of this book is that Judaism and Christianity do not form a common tradition. The so-called Judeo-Christian tradition. Thank you very much. That's what we, te what we teach here at, Euro at Eurofolk Radio. They are not compatible. Only now, for reasons of politics and sociology, have some representatives of Judaism, Judaism maintained otherwise. Okay, what a tremendous admission. Only now, for reasons of politics and, <laughs> and deception, sociology, have some representatives of Judaism maintained otherwise. Now, the Judeo-Christians should know that the only reason why Jews maintain the, the story publicly that there is such a thing as a Judeo-Christian tradition is for political and social reasons. Not because the two religions can be re uh, reconciled, because they cannot. Nevertheless, this is an admission that the Jews promote the myth for their agenda, for their agenda to dupe Christians. Of course, he doesn't talk about duping Christians. <laughs> he just talks about, oh, for reasons of politics and sociology, yeah, to dupe Christians. The author continues. The author remains anonymous, but he is a Roman Catholic from uh, of the of the traditional school. You know, rejecting Vatican II, which is a big step. Uh, Vatican II is the communization, the Judaization of the Catholic religion. Up until Vatican II, you have all number of popes condemning Judaism. Post Vatican II, Judaism and Catholicism have merged. And the Catholics, post-Vatican II, do everything the Jews tell them to. Continuing, from both the Jews, and that's where the false prophet is empowered by the beasts in the book of Revelation. 
from both the Judaic and Christian perspectives, Judeo-Christian is an oxymoron, i.e. self-contradiction, in the vein of defector believer. Keep in mind, now, of course he's wrong, because the Jews were never Israelites. The Jews were never part of the covenant. That's a false claim made by the Jews, and even the traditional Catholics have been duped, deceived by this false claim. Keep in mind that as the rabbis freely stipulate, Judaism is a post-Christian religion. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, because as we have been telling everybody here at Eurofolk Radio, that Judaism began under Herod, who assassinated the Judahite Sanhedrin and his Edomite patsies and co-religionists took their place. It's actually not post-Christian. Judaism was taking shape before, but not very long before, the execution of Christ at Calvary. And of course, it is the Jews, who ex- the Edomite Jews, who executed Christ. So, I would put it this way. Judaism is a post-Mosaic religion. Post-Mosaic, and I would include the word anti-Mosaic, because that's exactly what it is, and the rabbis admit to all of that. Continuing, hence, Christianity preceded Judaism, not vice versa. Well, Christianity is the logical progression of the Mosaic law. Judaism is a perversion of it. So that, and that is Christianity preceded Judaism because Christianity is simply the continuation of the Mosaic law, with the one exception that the sacrifices have been done away with. Now he quotes Rabbi Dr. Finkelstein, the Pharisees, the sociological background of their faith. So, I mean, we in identity have been teaching this stuff, these admissions by the Jews of their perversions of the Mosaic Law for over a hundred years. So it's good to see that traditional Catholics are finally catching on. They're either listening to us and reading our works, or there's a revelation going on, uh, maybe because some traditional Catholics uh, maybe have read condemnations of Judaism by previous popes, and their practice of usury... Why don't modern popes condemn usury anymore? Could it be because they have been Judaized 100%? Quote, Pharisaism became Talmudism. Talmudism became medieval rabbinism. Medieval rabbinism became modern rabbinism. But throughout these changes of name, inevitable adaptation of custom... Adaptation, not strict adherence to the Mosaic Law, constant adaptation. In other words, Judaism, what the rabbis say it is, and it has nothing to do with the Mosaic Law, and adjustment of law, whoa, what an admission. The spirit of the ancient Pharisee survives unaltered. This is what we in Christian identity have been teaching for over a hundred years. It is so great to see others catching on. Now, from 
A History of the Catholic Church, Volume 1, Period of Early Expansion, by, uh, okay, Primitive Catholicism. Batafol is apparently the editor of this volume. Now, again, this is traditional Catholicism, so they're going to make claims on behalf of the Catholic Church that we in identity disagree with and totally deny because in reality, all the Roman pomp and circumstance is very much nothing but a copy of Pharisaic pomp and circumstance. It's just with a Christian veneer. Quote, the term Judeo-Christianity, strictly speaking, applies only to those Christians born in Judaism who looked upon the law as still binding and who therefore found themselves in an irreconcilable conflict not only with St. Paul, but with all Christianity. Well, first of all, you cannot assume that Judaism is Mosaism. There too, Judaism is the opposite of Mosaism. It's the it's denial of Torah. It's the pretense of Torah. So those Christians who could only have been Israelites, who were never born in Judaism, they were born in Mosaism. Huge difference, folks. You have to know the difference. You cannot... Here, here's more dissimulation. There is no such thing as a Christian born in Judaism. Those Israelites, and these were Israelites, not merely Christians. They were Christian Israelites who were born in Mosaism. Now that included the rite of circumcision and the sacrificial laws. And the Pharisees tried to make circumcision the number one issue. But they, they were illegitimately practicing circumcision because since they were not Israelites, it didn't apply to them. And there's the circumcision of the heart, which was prophesied in the Old Testament, which the Jews never did because they were never Israelites anyway. Who looked uh, So those Israelite Christians born in Mosaism who looked upon the law as still binding, as we do, because the law is still binding. The law was not done away with. Only the sacrificial rituals were done away with. And what was put on the cross, what was nailed to the cross, was the list of sins, the past sins of the 12 tribes up to that point in time, up to the sacrifice at Calvary. This was not a blank check to go on sinning as the Judeo-Christian pulpits constantly falsely teach. So Certainly, the early Israelite Christians therefore found themselves in an irreconcilable conflict, not only with St. Paul, but with all Christianity. Now, this, is, uh, this itself is a non-sequitur. The Christians were not in conflict with themselves. What you had here it was the house of Judah, which was still practicing the ritual sacrifices. And Paul was simply in the book of Romans, because those Romans were Christian 
Israelites of the house of Judah, many of whom were from the house of Pharaoh, I'm sorry, Zerah, who had migrated to Rome circa 1500 B.C. and had been living there and had spread out all over Europe. They're known as the Celts. The Celtiberians, the Iberians, because they through Spain before they came to Ireland and Britain. Though that's Celtic Christianity, which had its own issues with the Roman Catholic Church. Because the Roman Catholic Church has always been an imperialistic religion trying to force their version of Christianity down our throats. As it still does today. So the only conflict that Paul had with emerging Christianity, Christian Israel, was the fact that the house of Judah, who had a, a strong presence in both Jerusalem and Rome, was that those animal sacrifices and the related sacrificial practices were irrelevant, no longer apply. First of all, there was no Levitical priesthood to perform the sacrifices. They had died out. But the Pharisees were trying to take their place. So as I've been telling you, Judaism is the original replacement theology because Judaism replaced Mosaism. And even these otherwise aware traditional Catholics still don't get that. They don't get that. Because Judaism has nothing to do with Mosaism. It's the exact opposite. It's denial of Mosaism. So there was no... Yeah, okay, Judeo-Christianity is in conflict with all of Christianity. That part of the statement is correct. But the Christians who were born in Mosaism, there's no conflict with, There's no conflict between Mosaic Christianity and the rest of Christianity. The other forms of Christianity are false. So, if by all Christianity they mean Catholicism, no. It's Catholicism that has taken the wrong tack. And they need to acknowledge the fact that the Jews were never Israelites. And until they do... They will never get the Bible right. I can say this much as an ex-Catholic. At least 50%, if not more, of the people that I have met in Christian identity are ex-Catholics. So Catholicism is fertile ground, if, obviously if the Catholic is a white person. Catholicism is therefore fertile ground for Christian identity. They're coming back into the fold. Case one, the Christian perspective. Now, this person, although he is a diehard Catholic, from the, looking at the rest of this website, he speaks in the name of all Christianity, so I'm not sure if he's doing this, uh, how should I put it, presumptively, that he's calling people Christians only if they're Catholic, or if he's including Protestants in this as well. I'm not sure. We'll, maybe we'll find out as we read through this. But 
obviously a a diehard Catholic, certainly post-Vatican II Catholic, who is, in fact, an imperialist, demanding, and the Catholic Church still teaches this, unless you are a Catholic, you cannot be saved. You will not go to heaven, according to Catholic teaching. We, in identity, utterly deny that, because, number one, Catholicism is not a covenant religion, and you have to be a covenant Israelite to participate in the covenants, and nobody else, period. Nobody else, okay? That includes Catholics who don't understand the covenant message. They're deviants. They're, in fact, the Catholic Church is a deviant form of Christianity. It's an early apostasy, just like Judaism. The Catholic priesthood is a bunch of Catholic Pharisees, Inventing modern law to replace scriptural law. That's what they do. So anyway, from his perspective, if you are a Christian, you must believe that God can neither deceive nor be deceived. If so, then you must take him at his word in both the Old and New Testaments. That's what we do in identity. No other followers of Christ do this. We're the only ones. In Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, God specified the contract of the Mosaic Covenant. Thank you very much. The covenant applies to who? Class? To whom do the covenants apply? The answer, the word, and a one-word answer, beginning with the letter P, the posterity, and nobody else. The Catholic Church has never taught this. He specified the duties of the Israelites to obey him. Thank you for not saying Jews. The rewards if they obeyed him, and the penalties if they disobeyed him. Please note that God did not promise to reward defection with a real estate deal in the Middle East. I like it. Right. Okay. So what he's saying is the Jews defected, and because they defected from the Mosaic Law, actually, I say they did not defect, they pretended to be Mosaic, and never were Mosaic, and they weren't Israelites to begin with. So it's not a defection, it's an impersonation. Hence the title of my book, The Great Impersonation, How the Antichrist Has Deceived the Whole World. And you can get a copy of my book by sending $37 to A&P, Post Office Box 411373, Chicago, Illinois, 60641. And you'll get the real scoop about the impersonation, not the defection. See how important words are? Defection is definitely the wrong word because the Jews have never been Israelites and they have never obeyed Torah. Please note, but this is kind of funny. It's a nice cut. Please note that God did not promise to reward defection with a real estate deal in the Middle East. I like it. He promised dispersal and misery. Well, yeah, we're, we're still in a state of misery. Catholic and and Judeo-Christian alike. But some of these Judeo-Christians think they're in heaven. 
they, they think because the law was done away with 2,000 years ago, their place in the kingdom is guaranteed. Sorry, folks. If you love me, keep my commandments. I and the Father are one. His commandments are my commandments. There is no conflict between Yahweh and Yahshua. None whatsoever. Thus, they broke the contract of the Messiah. No, this is not true. They never had the contract. They were not at Sinai. The Jews were not at Sinai, folks. They were Edomites. Far away from the Israelites. When the Mosaic Covenant was given to Israel, not to the Jews. God did not forsake his people, that being us, not the Jews, or repent of his gifts. The covenant, I just quoted from Genesis 17, this is an eternal covenant. As long as the universe exists, this covenant will exist. But his people rejected him. No, the Jews are not his people. Yet, it is still a true statement because the Israelites of the Old Testament did reject Yahweh. They hoard around with other tribes and races. They believed, worshipped idols, were evil. They practiced usury on one another, stole from one another, cheated on one another, etc., etc. As most Christian, so-called Christians still do today. Especially the televangelists. If the televangelists are any guide to the depravity of modern Judeo-Christianity, Paula White, she's been married three times, divorced twice. She divorced her first husband because she had the hots for a rock star. (laughs) As most teenage girls do. But she was a grown woman. But, of course, she's a false non-priest, a false teacher par excellence. I think uh, she fell for the lead singer of Journey. Good singer, by the way. And (laughs) she fell for a rock star, divorced her first husband, married him, and I think she divorced him, too. So here, and here she is keeping the Mosaic Covenant by divorce. And the only reason you can divorce, according to Yahshua in the New Testament, is for fornication. Fornication. But she's the one who's doing the fornication, not her husband's. So there. And they voided the Mosaic Covenant. Okay, now this is still true of the Jews, the Edomite Jews. They have voided the Mosaic Covenant. And they're the ones responsible for voiding the Mosaic Covenant in our minds as well through the process of dissimulation. First of all, the confusion created by the word Jew itself as referring to Jews and Judah Non-Israelite Jews and Israelite Judah at the same time. You, that's, that's an oxymoron. The word Jew itself is an oxymoron because it's used to apply to both pure-blooded Judahites, 
and by extension the whole house of Israel, pure-blooded house of Israel, to polyglot, motley crew Jews who do not have one drop of Israelite blood flowing through their veins. Not one of them. That's not just true of the Ashkenazi Jews, of whom it has been said correctly that they were never in they were never in Israel, nor do they have Israelite blood. That's certainly true of the Ashkenazim, but it's also true of the Edomite Jews of the Middle East, who were contiguous with Israel, but not consanguine with Israel. They lived next door to us in Idumea and were brought into the, they were given citizenship status by John Hyrcanus when he first circumcised Edomites in 121 BC. But that does not make them Israelites. So, and then the the Jewish religion admits Edom is in modern Jewry. So the covenant was not made with Edom. And if you, let's say you even have part Israelite blood. If you have Edomite blood in you, the covenant doesn't apply to you. You have to be a direct descendant without any mixture from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Only then does the covenant apply to you. Let's continue. The author says, Mind you, this is the Hebrew Bible, but the Jews aren't Hebrews. There is more dissimulation, more double talk. The Jews aren't Hebrews. They're Edomites, Canaanites, and Khazars. Mind you, this is the Hebrew Bible speaking God's word. There can be no honest claim that the Hebrew Bible is, quote, anti-Semitic. Well, certainly, Shemitic. Shem is the correct pronunciation. Ham, Shem, and Japheth were Aryan Adamic, uh, <laughs> Aryan Adamites through Noah. The Jews were never Adamites. And not descended from Noah either, because those Canaanites were already in existence, survived the flood, and we find them yet again in Canaan land after the flood. So, the, obviously, the Bible can't be opposed to the teachings of Shem or to the descendants of Shem. Again, we're talking posterity. It is their own scriptures. He says, no, it's not their scriptures. That's, that's fraud. That's pretense. Come on, Catholics. You must understand that the Jews are not Israelites. So as long as these traditional Catholics falsely believe that the Jews are of Israelite posterity, then they will never understand the Bible. I'm sorry. You are deluded. Next heading, obedient or disobedient. What does God say again? At the time of his earthly ministry, Jesus Christ, the true God and true man, accused the Pharisees of, quote, 
making void the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. Thank you very much. Again, they're quoting passages that we in identity have been quoting for decades to distinguish ourselves from Edomite Jews and Ashkenazi Jews. He also noted that Moses accused the Pharisees, yet in John 5, 45-47, yet another indication of God's judgment that his people had broken the Mosaic Covenant. But the Jews were not his people. There were some Pharisees who were Israelites, and the Bible mentions two or three, Nicodemus and uh, possibly uh, Gamaliel, who was Paul's teacher. They might have been pure-blooded Israelites, but even they had to understand that the other Pharisees were Edomites, they must have been trembling in their boots when, especially Nicodemus, who went out in the middle of the night to seek Jesus and ask him, are you really the Messiah? If he were an Edomite, the thought would have never crossed his mind. He could have cared less because the Edomite Jews were never Israelites and they were trying to usurp the kingdom. So this is the first earthly attempt by the descendants of Lucifer through Nahash to usurp the kingdom 2,000 years ago. And they've been trying to usurp it ever since. Anybody who believes the Jews are the Israel of the Bible or Shemites or Hebrews or anything like that simply does not understand the Hebrew Bible. He continues... So those who altered and defected know who impersonated from the Old Testament Mosaic Revelation are not in the lineage of those who accept and submit to Mosaic Revelation. Yeah, that's true. The Jews are not in that lineage. Jesus warned us in the Apocalypse 3.9 of imposters. Now you're using the right terminology. They are imposters. Quote, the synagogue of Satan those who say they are Judah and are not, but do lie. And this is not just a spiritual Judah. This is literal Judah. And he pronounced judgment on the fate of the proselytes of the Pharisees at Matthew twenty-three fifteen. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, I would add, imposters, because you go around about the sea and land to make one proselyte. Yeah, they needed to have more Jews. And they were trying to steal Israelites away from Christianity, true Christianity. Even bribing people and stuff. And when he is made, you may give the child of hell twofold more than yourselves. Right. Anybody who converts to Judaism is twofold more the child of hell even than the Jew Pharisees. Why is that? Well, because they, in fact, they have defected from Christian Israel. They are defectors. And they have allied themselves with the enemy. They have allied themselves with the devil. But this is also true of traditional Catholics because the Catholics falsely believe 
that the Jews are Israelites. At least they don't affiliate with their teachings, which they show a glimmering of understanding that Mosaism and Talmudism are 100% opposite from one another. He has yet not yet mentioned Talmudism in this document. Continuing, from the Christian perspective, and yeah, this is obviously the Catholic perspective. He's using the word Christian generically, and uh, he's applying what he means is Catholics, and uh, he supposes that uh, we should convert to Catholicism, and that's how he's using the word Christian. Now, even this is dissimulation. Okay, because Catholicism does not adhere to the covenants. And it falsely identifies Jews, as he obviously falsely believes, that the Jews are Hebrews, Shemites, and Israelites. He should know better. He really should know better. But let's continue. From the so-called Christian perspective, Jews as proselytes of the Pharisees not just proselytes, as blood relatives of the Pharisees, followers of the Pharisees, not Moses, thank you very much, defected from the Mosaic. No, they never, okay, proselytes defected. There you go, that's correct. The Jews themselves are not defectors because they're not Israelites. They're not of the blood posterity. Not one drop. And they rejected the new covenant. So certainly there were of the house of Judah, many defectors because they wanted to continue practicing the sacrificial laws. They did not want to believe that the Messiah had come and had, as prophesied, done away with the animal sacrifices. They did not want to believe that. They were proud. They were arrogant. And they wanted to keep their rituals by which they distinguished themselves even from other members of the house of Israel. The dispersion. This is how it is properly understood. And so those Judahites would have been patsies and dupes of the Pharisees because the Pharisees still taught the ritual sacrifices as they do today. This is why they can never except Yahshua Messiah. Never. Because he was the last sacrifice. The last sacrifice. Now, this also applies to Catholicism, who claim, the Catholic Church claims that every time they perform Mass, that the literal body and blood of Christ is being sacrificed during their Mass. Excuse me? Paul said this was the one and only and last, the one and only sacrifice by Yahshua himself and the last animal sacrifice, period. Didn't I tell you that the Catholic priests are simply Pharisees, a Christian version of the Pharisees? The, oh, very interesting. They bring up the Noahide laws. Uh, these guys must be listening to your folk radio. <laughs> But they don't want to accept the fact that Jews aren't Israelites. They don't want to go whole hog and dive deep into Scripture, really deep, and do word studies. 
notwithstanding smarmy flattery. <laughs> I like it, smarmy flattery. From Christians about elder brothers, yeah, that is, well, they're flattering themselves. When, this, when the Jews claim that Judaism is the parent religion of Christianity, the Jews are, are flattering themselves. And they're duping Christians about their being elder brothers. No. I mean, if they were our elder brothers, why are they trying to kill us all the day long? And deceive us and dupe us. And notwithstanding the rabbis retailing their authority by Noahide laws. I like the, I like the verb there, retailing. Peter said they will make merchandise of us. And they have. They make merchandise of everything, even dead babies, aborted babies. Retailing their authority by Noahide laws. Uh, very literate and eloquent language here. Unfortunately, by a unabashed Catholic who doesn't understand the covenant message. The covenant message needs to be preached among Catholics so they can disabuse themselves of Catholic Phariseeism. The pre uh, oh man, by retailing their authority by Noahide laws. Thank you very much, which most Christians, Judeo-Christians, which most people are totally unaware of, passed secretly under George I. I'm talking about George H.W. Bush. The pretense of Christian continuity with today's Pharisees is a bold lie. That's a true statement. Thank you very much. But there is no continuity between Judaism and Mosaism. There is no continuity between Israel and Edom or Ashkenaz. Remember, continu uh, con contiguity is not consanguinity. Just because the Edomites lived next door to the house of Judah does not make them of the same blood. We're talking about blood here, folks, not just doctrine. So those who impersonate being from the Mosaic Covenant and reject the New Covenant are not faithful but apostate. Yeah, Judaism is pure apostasy, always has been. That's why it is the first replacement theology. Hence, for Christians... Judeo-Christian is an oxymoron in the vein of defector believer. Now, he's speaking for all Christians, but in reality, he's teaching Catholicism here, folks. It's pretty obvious. But Catholics are taught to believe that theirs is the only true form of Christianity, and therefore this bias is implicit in the author's words. Okay? Swamp Fox says, having a conversation with a Judeo is like having a battle of wits with an unarmed person. <laughs> yeah. uh, who was it said, if you wish to have a conversation with me, define your terms. Define your terms. And once the terms are defined, do not waver 
in your argument. A Jew is not an Israelite, period. Never was, never has been, never shall be, is not now ever from, from the beginning to the end. No Jew has ever been an Israelite. That is a false proposition that most Judeo-Christians believe. Wow. Yes, the Christian world needs our help because they have been flummoxed by false definitions. And, as my discussion with Roger Sales last night proves, by dual definitions of words. And the conspirators have their own set of definitions for all the words. I mean, we only went through the first sentence of the 14th Amendment. And we identified at least half a dozen, if not more, dissimulation words. Words that have a legal meaning and a popular meaning. And that in legal documents, the legal meanings are almost always different and sometimes directly opposite of the popular understanding of the word. And this is how all judges, lawyers, and politicians operate, and cer certainly Jews. The Jews have been using this type of dissimulation forever. And the equation between the word Jew and Israel is just such a dissimulation. You must understand that. That's why we're commanded not to fellowship with them because they are antichrist. They are the number one antichrist in the world. I have yet to have a Catholic quote 1 John 2.22. He is antichrist who hath neither the father or the son. If you have not the son, you have not the father. Throw that one in the Jews' faces. No wonder they hate the New Testament so much. Number one, they're not Israelites. Number two, it identifies them clearly as the Antichrist. Introduction to the 2001 edition of this book called The Myth of a Common Tradition. Now, the fact is, and this, this much this Catholic author has correct, that the Jews have admitted time and time again that the concept of Judeo-Christianity is a myth, but nevertheless, they promote it to the world to fool us, to dupe us. So here we have an example of Jews knowing that Judeo-Christianity is a myth, yet they promote it to Christians. Introduction to the 2001 edition of The Myth of a Common Tradition by Jacob Neusner, Jews and Christians. Quote, the thesis of this book is that Judaism and Christianity do not form a, contra a, a common tradition. Yeah, they do form a contradiction. <laughs> do not form a common tradition. Comma. The Judeo-Christian tradition. They are not compatible. Thank you very much. Isn't that what we have been teaching in Christian identity for over 100 years? And anybody with any brains throughout history knows that if you reject Christ, you are the opposite of one who accepts Christ. There can be no tradition which rejects and accepts at the same time. 
It's absurd. Totally absurd. And he says, this is because the Christian Bible and the Judaic Torah are not the same thing. Okay. Where is the buzzword? Where is the dissimulation? In this sentence, folks, quiz. Anybody in the chat room? Judaic Torah? Isn't that an oxymoron class? Is that... <laughs> Brother Aver says, I'm anti-Hymie. There you go. Boy, did... Uh, who was that black politician? Jesse Jackson. <laughs> did he get in trouble when he called New York City Hymie Town? They made him get on his knees and beg for forgiveness. Otherwise, we won't give you any more money, Jesse. There is no such thing as a Judaic Torah. There is Talmud, which is anti-Torah. Here again, the Jews use dissimulation. They use double talk to promote their nonsense, their Jew nonsense. The Talmud is the denial of Torah. It is not the continuation of Torah. And even if it were, Genesis 4.2 clearly says that no one will alter a word of this Torah. Anyone who does so is a liar. The Jews know that verse is in the Bible. Yet their Talmud is nothing but commentaries and overrulings, not only of Moses, but of Yahweh himself. By the way, the Catholic popes also have said the same thing, that their rulings take the place of Yahweh's rulings. So the Catholic Church is just as evil as Judaism. Roman Catholicism is just another form of replacement theology where the so-called church, multicultural church, I might add, takes the place of the covenant people. And he says, the Old and New Testaments do not correspond to the written and oral Torah. That, number one, is a bold-faced lie. The Old and New Testaments are 100% integrated. They teach the covenant message from beginning to end. So they do correspond to the written Torah. However, neither the Old or the New Testament correspond to the oral Torah, which is total fiction made up by the rabbis. So if you can see through their dissimulative language, if you can see through their double talk, you can see the bold-faced lies, which uh, the average reader reading this says, okay, uh, yeah, all right, the New Testament is not the same as the Old Testament. No! The New Testament is the continuation of the Old Testament. The only difference is the elimination of the sacrificial rituals. That's the only difference. Next sentence this Jew makes. Jacob Neusser. 
Each is possessed of its own integrity and autonomy. Yeah, the Old Testament has its own integrity and autonomy from the oral tradition of the rabbis. Totally separate. Of course, that's not what he means. He means that the Old and New Testaments are, are separate. No, they're not. But, certainly, if one is right, that is, if Judaism is right, the other must be wrong. And that is a true statement. If Judaism is right, Christianity must be wrong. If Christianity is right, Judaism must be wrong. That is a true statement, because they are diametrically opposed to one another. Nowadays, Judaic theologians, rabbis, and scholars issue statements to obscure, more dissimulation, folks, the fundamental differences between Judaism and Christianity. Yes, they do. What a tremendous admission by Jacob Neusner. In other words, we will lie and deceive and dissimulate and fabricate and invent whatever we please to dupe Christians into believing that there is no difference. That somehow Christianity evolved out of Judaism. That's what just about every Christian in the world today believes. It's a lie, folks. It's a total 100% lie. And Jacob Neusner is admitting that Jewish theologians, rabbis, and scholars issue statements to obscure the fundamental differences between Judaism and Christianity. Thank you very much. That is a true statement. That's what the rabbis really do for public dissimulation and pu public information or misinformation. And he is practicing the same kind of dissimulation, even though he's admitting that we rabbis use double talk to dupe Christians into believing there is such a thing as Judeo-Christianity. So he's admitting that the rabbis do this. Now he says, That is so even while the Catholic Church, quite reasonably within its own framework, maintains that it possesses the entire truth that God has vouchsafed to humanity. And of course, that's not true. The Catholic Church does not possess the covenant message. And there can be no non-white Christians. You have to be an Aryan to be a true Christian, an Israelite Christian. Just as the document called the United States Constitution says you have to be a free white person to be a citizen, a member of the posterity. The language of the U.S. Constitution mirrors, reflects the posterity language of Genesis 17. And so he says, within its own framework, that is correct. The Catholic Church has created its own form of dissimulation and, and claims that it possesses the entire truth. No, it doesn't. It doesn't possess or teach the covenant message. And to the measure that other religions diverge from Catholic doctrine, they are wrong and false. That's exactly what the Catholic Church teaches. So here... <laughs> In the previous sentence, he's admitting that we Jews promote false doctrine for the benefit of Christians. And then he perfectly understands that the Catholic Church uses the same tactic 
of claiming to have the truth, the 100% truth and only truth. And most Catholics believe this. So, as I just said earlier, the Catholic Church is simply another form of Pharisaism. Until our own time, Judaism, in the representation of learned and pious authorities, pious devils, took the same view of itself, and therefore also of its competition. Yeah, so, in other words, both, both Catholicism and Judaism are pious pretenders. Only now, for reasons of politics and sociology, right, to, to dupe Christians into believing there is such a thing as Judeo-Christianity, have some representatives of Judaism maintained otherwise. In other words, the Jews are preaching to Christians that there is such a thing as Judeo-Christianity so that Christians will believe that lie. That is why the present book demands reprinting and a new generation of readers for itself. But nevertheless, unless you, are, unless you understand Christian identity, you do not perceive the dissimulation of Mr. Neusner. And now here are some really good quotations. Quote, the Jewish religion as it is today traces its descent without a break through all the centuries only from... But now this is a very excellent admission. Through all the centuries, that's 200... I mean, sorry, 20 centuries. From the Pharisees. Need we say more? Their leading ideas and methods found expression in a literature of enormous extent of which a very great deal is still in existence. The Talmud is the largest and most important single member of that literature, and round it are gathered a number of midrashim, partly legal, halakhic, and partly works of edification, fairy tales, fiction, scratch out edification and replace it with fiction. The, this literature, in its oldest elements, goes back to a time before the beginning of the Common Era, as I stated, only to 121 B.C., and comes down into the Middle Ages. Through it all run the lines of thought which were first drawn by the Pharisees. This is what we teach in Identity. And the study of it is essential for any under, real understanding of Pharisaism. Unquote. Universal Jewish Encyclopedia, Volume 3, page 474. This is a total admission by the Jewish Encyclopedia that Judaism was started by the Pharisees and that modern Judaism is Pharisaism. Period. Pharisaism cannot be equated with Mosaism. Next quote. Pharisaism became Talmudism. Talmudism became medieval rabbinism, and medieval rabbinism became modern rabbinism. 
But throughout these changes of name, inevitable adaptation of custom, and adjustment of law, the spirit of the ancient Pharisee survives unaltered. In other words, the Edomite Jew. That's whose tradition modern Judaism is. Okay, hold on, folks. My screen has frozen. Okay, i got to scroll down a bit. Another quotation. The fa- I mean, this, uh, as far as it goes, this Catholic website has the Jews dead to rights, has Pharisaism dead to rights, but still falsely teaches that the Jews have Israelite blood, which they do not. Okay, another one. Pharisaism, uh, okay, it's a very, very similar quote. Pharisaism became Talmudism, Talmudism became medieval rabbinism, and medieval rabbinism became modern rabbinism. But throughout these changes of name, inevitable adaptation of custom and adjustment of law, the spirit of the Pharisees survives unaltered. The Pharisees are important for two reasons. Next quote. First, the Gospels portray them as one of the principal opposition groups of Jesus. Yes. Second, Judaism as we know it generally traces its root back to the Pharisees. Thank you. Rabbi Jacob Neuster. Yeah, it doesn't trace its root back to, to Moses. Jesus said, if you had believed Moses, you would believe me. Do the followers of the Pharisees obey the Bible? God said no. What do they say? Tekunai Zohar 127a. Now we're getting into the Talmud, folks. Gloats that the old Torah, or oral, oral Torah, quote, buries Moses. And that is exactly what it does. The rabbis boast that they are divine so can alter the very content of Mosaic Revelation. Even if they were Israelites, this would be blasphemy. Quote, The rabbi constituted the projection of divine of the divine on earth. They claim he's to be divine. Doesn't Paul say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that the evil one would pretend to be God? Honor was due to him more than to the scroll of the Torah. For through his learning and logic, he might alter the very content of Mosaic revelation. He, that is the rabbi, was Torah, is Torah, because the rabbis still teach this today. Not merely because he lived by it, but because at his best he constituted as compelling an embodiment of the heavenly model as did the Torah scroll itself, even though they admit to denying it and overruling it. Again, Rabbi Jacob Neusner, the phenomenon of the rabbi in late antiquity. Two, the ritual of being a rabbi. (laughs) To be a rabbi is to be an antichrist, folks is to be an anti-Mosaic. The Coloner Rebbe, a 17th century rabbi of Prague, states, quote, Our Zadokim's famous Orthodox rabbis, words are more important than the Torah of Moses, as our sages teach. 
Okay? I hope non-identity Christians are listening. They need to disabuse themselves of Judaism 100%, Judaism entirely, because Judaism itself is a total fraud. Next quotation. The Talmud is the written form of that which in the time of Jesus was called the tradition of the elders. Thank you very much. And to which he makes frequent allusions. Yeah, you have made the law of none effect by your tradition. Doesn't quote it here, but Rodkinson also claims that Jesus was a Talmudist. Next quotation. The complex of rabbinically ordained practices, including most of the rules for the treatment of Scripture itself, do not derive from Scripture at all. This is the value of this website, folks. It's fantastic to see a Catholic exposing Talmudism. Whether or not he believes the Jews are Israelites, this is good stuff. He's assembled some tremendous quotations of the Talmud, Talmudic Pharisees. Rabbinic Judaism's initial concern was with the elaboration and refinement of its own system. Attaching the system to scripture was secondary. It is therefore misleading to depict rabbinic Judaism primarily as a consequence of an exegetical process or the organic unfolding of scripture. No, they were imposters from the beginning. And they set about changing scripture from the very beginning. And as we have discussed, Pastor Steve and I did extensive discussion of the difference between the Masoretic text and the, I'm sorry, the LXX, the Septuagint. The Septuagint was the scriptures the early Israelite Christians were using. And the rabbis could not refute that. That's why they set about writing the Masoretic text. And that's what it's all about. The rabbis set about writing a quote-unquote Hebrew Old Testament to use that to refute the Septuagint. And we have done many shows on this subject. Attaching the system to Scripture was secondary. It therefore is misleading to depict rabbinic Judaism as a consequence of an exegetical process or or the organic, organic unfolding of Scripture. Rather, rabbinic Judaism began as the work of a small, ambitious, and homogeneous group of pseudo-priests. <laughs> I like it. By the 3rd century AD, the rabbis expressed their self-conception in the ideology of the Oral Torah, which held that a comprehensive body of teachings and practices, not included in Scripture, had been given by God and through Moses only to the rabbinic establishment. And this is, again, Rabbis Jacob Neusner and William Scott Green in the book Rabbinic Judaism, Structure and System. So this author has done his homework in digging up Jewish admissions of the anti-Mosaic nature of rabbinic Judaism, otherwise known as Talmudism. 
A lot of these quotations I've never read before. So this website has done yeoman's work. However, it's still promoting Catholicism in the name of Christianity. Next heading, with about four minutes left. What does Torah teach about Jesus, about Christians? Since converts from Judaism revealed the foundational teachings of Judaism, which are not Mosaism, which are not Old Testament, which is not Hebrewism, much effort has been invested in sanitizing vernacular translations of the Torah, the Talmud, and Kabbalah. These sanitized editions are useful to the rabbis. See, it's not there. Uh, when we say that the Talmud teaches that Jesus is boiling in hot excrement, they have put out sanitized versions uh, without the excrement. <laughs> These sanitized editions are useful to the rabbis. See, it's not there. You see, we never taught that. Or the tractate is about Balaam. Well, that's the God they worship. They worship Baal. Or even the outrageous lie, Jesus isn't even mentioned in the Talmud, except that Jesus is mentioned degraded in the Talmud. This is, again, dissimulation. When we catch the Jews in their lies, they immediately make up another lie to cover their butts. And, unfortunately, the average Christian and the Judeo-Christian so-called Never, ever challenge the Jews and their lies. This is dissimulation. Just one more brief quote here. The Gemara raises an objection, but surely it was that Eve... Oh, uh, there's a... It's not uh, a full quote here. It's cut off. Surely it was taught that Eve, they hanged, oh, I don't know what the connection between Eve, they, they hanged, oh, probably on Passover Eve, maybe, they hanged Jesus of Nazareth. And of course, they will never give Yahshua the credit for being a child of Judah and our king, no king but Jesus, folks. So you can see that the politics of the world today, whether, and certainly to the extent that the Christian founders of America, the white Christian founders of America, understood that the Jews were Christ deniers, they did not include Jews as citizens. The first three immigrant laws clearly state you must be a free white person to become a citizen of a particular state. There was no such thing as a federal citizen. You had to be a citizen of a state. And you had to be a free white person. The Jews have set about changing the, the, the posterity rule contained in the preamble to the U.S. Constitution and substituting themselves, non-Christians, non-whites, and anything under the sun, dogs, cats, and platypuses, as American citizens. That's what's going on, folks. The U.S. Constitution is a continuation of common law, which is derived from the Old Testament and the New Testament, 
and they have made up their own tradition yet again, not just Judaism, but from the 14th Amendment on, this false idea that there is such a thing as a federal citizen. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. We will see you all at Voice of Christian Israel later on today. Thank you. Bye-bye.